Retain Podcast. Gain, grow, retain. You have Jeff here. Before we dive into the show today, we have some exciting news that we've been holding on to. As of this month, Gain, Grow, Retain is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, and this becomes a really important milestone for our community and brings more validation to customer success. Uh, Something I love about the HubSpot Podcast Network is all the inspiring shows dedicated to helping professionals learn, grow, and scale their businesses. Uh, If you love Gain, Grow, Retain and want to check out other shows like us, I'm a big fan of My First Million, I Digress, and The Salesman. Check out all these shows and more at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Hope we're all doing well today. What is today? It's it's Tuesday. I was going to say it's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. We're halfway there, but we're not there yet. But uh, unless you're way over on the other part of the world, and then then maybe you are. So um, just a quick note about me. um, And uh, like I'll introduce yourself as well, too. My name is Jeff Kushmarek. Um, I really focus in on implementation and onboarding. Um, I used to be a developer in onboarding, like back in Y2K days. And then I ran project teams for a company that got by Oracle, bought by, by Oracle and the whole thing turned into Oracle Commerce. So, you know, implementing, you know, commerce for Lowe's and Home Depot and any other place where you could buy stuff to stuff in a pinata. So that's my usual joke on that. And, and then um, I was at a company called Brightcove, which was one of the first online video platforms and um, ran all the big implementations for there. And that's when things started moving into the SaaS land um, and just started seeing, A, that's a totally different world than, hey, we're going to go install this on your server and walk away. And uh, I don't know if anybody was back in those days, but you could you could have your build that you love. Like for me, it was 4.5. We're going to roll with 4.5 and when 5.0 looks good and it's through its bug testing and everything. And then we'll, then we'll go with that. And SaaS, you can't do that. <laughs> you get what product gives you and everything. So started seeing these different ways of having to work with customers and things like that. And then that's kind of progressed over the last 10 years of specializations and different groups and upsells and renewals. And before, you know, we weren't involved with that. Uh, we would just take care of the customer and then the, the salesperson would drive up in their BMW and give them another three-year contract. So it's a lot has changed in this world. So, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to, um, um, we're going to put you into breakout rooms uh, as usual. However, I'm going to be 100% completely clear here. The first thing that you do before you start introducing yourself and and commenting on how bad my jokes are is to find the leader and absolutely say, this is the person who's the scribe, who's going to take notes, right? And, um, you you know, and actually, if anybody was on uh, the leadership offers uh, office hours um, last week with Mike, um, you know, the whole diversity inclusion, we had like a, a massive outweighed proportion of men speaking than women. So please, you know, you know, step up if you want to talk is, is what we're basically saying. We, we want to see some um, lots of different types of people out there talking. So um, so on that, we will definitely pick somebody. And uh, if, if you don't immediately speak up. So uh, so that that's our warning on that. Um, so I put three questions out there. I think each one of these people could probably just talk about one of them. You know, if one group wants to just jump into group, the number three question and then another one wants to go into number one, like that's fantastic too. Uh, we don't need all the breakout groups talking about uh, the same subject, but um, um, we would just love good conversation when we come back. Um, so uh, the other thing, so 
your icebreaker, uh, as we say, is your favorite band. And you can't say you like everything. Take a stand. That's what we're here for. Um, even if it's country, we won't make fun of you. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So, uh, so I think that these questions are pretty clear for everybody. Thumbs up if it is good. Understand? All right. Good. And listen, we understand and, and, and take into these conversations when you go into these breakout rooms um, that uh, you might be in a different spot that some of your other people in your breakout room are. You know, if you're at a, you know, 50 person startup, you might be doing all of this and you might not have an implementation department with 30 people in it. Um, so uh, looking forward to hearing some of the discussions. Gala's gonna um, put you into breakout rooms and um, if there's any problems with that, you can just contact her, not me. So I'm <laughs> All right, sounds good everyone. So I'm gonna go ahead and cl click the breakout rooms and we will bring everybody back in about 25 minutes. So enjoy the conversation. Awesome, see you soon. Oh, I can join Gala. I can actually stop and join. Go for it, Jeff. I'll wait. I'm going to do that. Okay, see you back. I'll pull everyone back. Okay. Hello, is everybody back? Let me see. Let me see my view here. Yep, everybody's back here. All right. And has everybody picked a leader? All right. Yep. It does. Is anybody in such shock about some people's musical choices that they, they could not continue on? Okay, we can pop those in the, in the, in the chat. Um, so listen, um, first of all, we were just wrapping up on this conversation and I had a point or two that I was, I was um, uh, oh, so, sorry, Kevin, I was just about to compliment you on something you just said that I rudely jumped all over, but uh, I'll take care of it in, in the recording. But uh, Kevin brought up some great points and I said, I disagree with them. I'm like, oh, actually, no, I agree, but maybe not here. So, uh, um, but listen, when uh, when Gal and I were, were pre-gaming and after we stopped talking about the most amazing thing, which is Survivor coming back on the air tomorrow, um, we started... That's right. Number 41, baby. So good. So good. Let's go tomorrow, people. We're going. Eight o'clock. So, um, so after that, we got into, do you charge your customers for implementation? And I think, you know, I don't mean to be this so like, hey, check out this thing I wrote. Um, oh, this is the wrong article, but this is starting in pre-sales. There's one after that, if you're interested, um, about should you charge for implementations up there in the blog. But um very passionate about this subject and um, Kevin in through our, when I was immediately disagreeing and then coming back on it was thinking when you're a startup and I work a lot with startups and everything, the common problem that I see is that customers are kind of taking advantage of the implementation team um, or the implementation process, because that could be your CSM and you've got 15,000 other things going on. And um uh, my dad, who was a plumber, used to say um, my my least favorite four letter F word is free. And uh, and uh, if you're free and there's also very <laughs> great philosophical books about this. Uh, one is uh, uh, Baldini, the per persuasion. I, I can find the link when I post this on LinkedIn, but uh, um, the value of perception and perception of something free is that it's not valuable. And so the classic things that I see in startups uh, is you don't charge, 
And then also there's no time frame on this. And as Gal was saying as well, there's no scope. So Gal, what happens in that regard when, 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 when you have those factors lined up and how yeah. would you yeah, our conversation was was along the lines of people are just a lot less invested and they don't put a dollar value to it. Um, the example that that comes to mind that I that I go over in my head when I think about this is when you see a gym offer a free 21 days, you're a lot less likely to go to the gym for those 21 days than if you put money down and like paid for personal training, right? You're gonna get a a much better result when you actually are invested in it. And it's very similar uh, to what happens with implementation. Yeah. And that's, I've seen such, you know, you look at, uh, you know, if you go from scale of like one to 10 with one being free, uh, no scope and uh, um, no time limit to suddenly being like, it's 45 days, uh, it's $15,000 and, um, and, you know, Tanya turns into a pumpkin at, after 45 days. And it's like, we got to get our act together and get on this sometimes. Maybe us with kids now, a little discipline goes a long way sometimes, right? And setting a non-subservient relationship from the beginning. All, and then if you're like, and I'll stop the soapbox after this, but if, if you do the combination of your team's in there showing value in the pre-sales process, and then you're saying they'll see the value in that. Like these people are doing the job. They're implementing probably in my same vertical and know what my competitors are doing. Yeah, I'll pay 15K. I'll pay more for the for the strategic one and things like that. So anyways, that's my perspective on that. I We did see, um, and, and, and Stephanie can jump on this, like when you get super mature, it might not be the case anymore. And that was sort of Kevin's perspective where it might be such a package thing. You just sign up, check the box, download the software, click, you know, put you, whatever. So there's, there's different scenarios for different people, but... Um, I would love to hear, okay, so for, okay, Gala, how many breakout groups were there? Oh, she's <laughs> Sorry, uh, we had four, but Josh, did you have your hand raised? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, um, sure. just a, yeah, there's so much of what you said I'm, I'm completely uh, aligned with. One of the things that I've sometimes struggled with is when implementing that requirement for, for payment or valuation of the onboarding phase, what do you do when the customer says, yeah, you know, I'm, I know we talked about doing that project plan, but, you know, things came up, right? And they kind of disengage, you know, every time that I've faced that, if they came back, you know, 90 days later and said, hey, we're ready now. Well, you all just had to back down off of that. Well, uh, so the good point, because um, there's, you know, I say this to all project managers when they start getting hired as a project manager for SaaS companies. And it's very brutal. I just say, don't F with the revenue, right? So like, um, so there's, if you, if you want to win project manager of the year, then go work and build a space shuttle or something like that. But like, so you do need, that's an internal conversation for me, Josh, that's, 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 you know, reverse sort by ARR and status in, in an exec type of meeting. And that comes up and you're like, what do you guys want to do about that? It's usually rehabilitate. Um, and now you've got some leverage, right? So you've said, hey, you know, you guys paid 20 grand for this. We are willing to, all, but we really just want to see you get value in our product, right? So we know we said this expires in a month. Let's get to where you need to be. And it's usually a conversation of like, okay, if you get a person on board and you can get us these data files or whatever those things need to be, 
are we completely clear that we can start the project on this date and then end it in 45 days? And then they say yes, and then we're good. You've given them that chance back. You're not the, you know, oh, those guys are brutal and they really just lay the law down and things like that. So that, that's my approach on that is, is as much as you try and set the rules up, you, you go for 85%. And then that way, when the 15% jumps up, it's a lot less brutal than when it's 50 or 60% of your customers that are doing exactly that. All right. We wanted to take a minute. And if you haven't implemented a CRM system into your business, now is the time. A CRM platform is at the heart of scaling your side hustle into your success story. CRM platforms take any customer interaction and transform that interaction into valuable data and insights allowing you to strengthen relationships with your customers and grow your business. With tools for marketing, sales, customer service, content management, and operations, the HubSpot CRM platform is fully customizable for whatever your business needs. Use HubSpot to meet customer demand, align your teams, and work smarter without slowing down. With total control and over 650 integrations, HubSpot is totally customizable and purpose-built for businesses big and small. Whether you're just getting started or looking for all the bells and whistles, HubSpot is the number one CRM platform for scaling businesses. Learn more about how you can customize your CRM platform with HubSpot at HubSpot.com. Now back to the show. Okay. I will say group number two. I would love you. You're a signed leader. Yes. Oliver, what was your favorite band? I'm thinking Kraft. No? Yeah, no. ACDC and U2. There we go. There yeah. we go. Okay. So... so where, where, uh, what did you guys talk about or where, where were the chairs being thrown and, and, and lines being drawn in your meeting? Well, we, we, we covered them all in, in, oh, awesome. in, a, in, in a way, right? So, so I think in general, everybody agreed that, you know, when does your implementation team get involved in pre-sales? They should be in as early as possible, but it depends on the complexity of the product and the solution, right? So some products and some solutions are relatively easy right so to say to implement so maybe not necessarily get involved in the pre-sales part but when you're talking most of the products are, are, are generally complex uh you get them in early you get them in the discussions with the sales team uh and the pre-sales team uh and they are an asset really to to the overall sale right mm -hmm. um now you know, we discussed, you know, do you charge for it or not, right? And again, it comes down maybe to the maturity of the company, also becomes down to the, the strategic importance of the deal, right? So um, sometimes we've seen discounts have been offered, right? And sometimes even free, right? It's thrown in as part of the solution sales, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll offer the implementation because it's relatively simple, right? not too complex, we'll offer it for free. So again, it's a strategic value more than, uh, than anything yeah. in terms of, okay, you want to, you know, you're up against a competitor and uh, you want to win this deal. You see a long, longer term right. value, which will come in. I, you know, I, I, I've so, seen- so Oliver, on that note, um, and I'm going to wrap it into Solani's conversation. I hope I said your name correct, uh, uh, point in the chat here. Um, <laughs> that um, still show them the value, strike through the dollar amount, right? Like yeah. um, it, it's, it's when there's no price that they really take it for granted. Um, but yeah. showing them that initially with a strike through and saying, listen, we'll, we'll throw implementation in as part of that 
deal or whatever. They're like, oh my God, you guys are giving us like 15K. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And then you have even a little bit more negotiation when you start throwing your scope in there and your timelines and everything like that. So th- that's that's my point on that. I, I 100% agree with you about mm-hmm. sometimes throwing it in for the strategic value of it. Just let them know what the value, you know, you, you always find out how much the, the floor mats were supposed to cost when you buy the car, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, another qu- point I have kind of to, to your three questions, another is just thinking it through now, right? I've seen this and I've, I've done this, right? I've been in implementation. You sell an implementation, implementation scope, right? As soon as they go out of the scope and you sell it for, you know, best value that you can get away with, right? To yeah. a customer, right? And once they go out of the scope, you're talking about change requests. And mm-hmm. they cost an arm and a leg, right? Um, and and I've seen this tactic all the time, right? You have a, a prof- professional services team sells you, you know, what you think is a good deal, and then you go change request, and suddenly, you know, you're you're paying, you know, gold buckets for for it, right? Yeah. Which well, that's a- yeah, that's that's never great. Um, that's why. You- you should be in there early in the pre-sales to scope it out in there. I do advise though, um, every kickoff deck should have a thing about change orders um, to, to let people know that if scope changes during this, that you may, you may talk about it, right? Like, so there's that. Um, all the great points. Uh, I did want to make sure we get to some of the other, other groups as well too. Um, so group three, appointed leader. Was there a group three? Am I on? Yes. Oh. Holly's shaking her head. There was a leader. Was it Holly? I was going to say, I think it might've been me. I, I okay. can't remember what our group number was. So I apologize. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, hello everyone. Uh, this is, I thought this was an awesome productive conversation. Uh, the one thing I will caveat uh, this little presentation with is I actually wish that I asked everyone how large their company was just to kind of see and split quantitatively how the how you know how this is all different from one another and if there is any correlation between company size um everyone did have an implementation team to some degree they were called different things integration consultants professional services fell under that realm uh but what was super interesting is after that fact so like when does the implementation team get pulled in and then whether or not implementation is charged for totally varied uh, based on everyone and, and the different companies that they work for as well. Uh, some implementation teams were pulled in from the start, from the get-go, and, and were involved in scoping discussions. Uh, uh, myself, actually, we don't pull our integration team in until we even talk about uh, a development in any capacity because we have a UI that folks can use. So, uh, And then whether or not implementations are, char- implementations, excuse me, are charged for uh, also uh, was uh, varied across the group. Uh, I think it was split about half yes, half no. Um, again, I, I really would have, I, I wish I asked that question, would have loved to have seen what the split on that was based on company size and yeah. what impact that had on, on some of those questions, so. Awesome. Are your group members here still? Can they drop in the chat? Go for it. We had a few drop off, but Brandon, Holly, and uh, oh, we had one more, Nikita. Okay, so while you guys drop that in the chat, um, I'll have Stephanie go, our appointed leader. Hi. Um, yeah, Stephanie here from Predict HQ. Uh, we were really focusing right at the beginning on, um, I think, the benefits of the implementation team getting involved really early. 
we had a mix of really large, really small companies um, within our team, but the general consensus really um, was the earlier, the better. Of course, depending on the segmentation of the customers, the size of the deal, the type of the deal, um, it was different. But ultimately, um, the part that I really liked because I would be the one working on the, the mutual success plan with the customer is that if you can get that implementation specialist in really early, um, they can really help to understand the key drivers. Um, uh, Anita was speaking a lot about this, understanding key drivers, understanding what those measures of success are and really start to communicate that out to your team really early, which I think is, is valuable. Um, Kevin mentioned that sales teams can be a little bit nervous about implementation specialists as well as CS coming in early and perhaps disqualifying the customers. But ultimately, that is a positive thing, right? You, you want to have a long-term customer. You want to ask these strategic questions at the beginning. Um, and it is going to benefit you. And um, part of the discussion that we're having with Kevin is what a competitive advantage it actually is. Um, it does certainly help, I think, um, for the customer to qualify you, to have someone that's quite trusted coming in that isn't trying to sell you, that's asking strategic questions. And as Kevin uh, mentioned, it shouldn't feel too easy, right? You should have someone in coming in, asking those questions, um, challenging you a little bit for you to understand that this is a serious company, that we do have your best interests at heart and we are trying to understand um, you know, your, your goals. And so I think at least if you can't get the implementation specialists in early, you should definitely have good communication from those AEs back to the implementation specialists, back to CS to help to start building those plans as early as possible. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of really where we started off as earlier, the better I think is the, is the main message. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in um, from my group to add to that. I will just also say what JD, JT just posted in the chat, of course, excuse me, um, is, is a super uh, valuable feedback, which is complexity of implementation, right? Like if, if there's a big difference between insert credit card here and drop mm -hmm. this JavaScript code in and you're good to go versus the um, we need to build out a Zapier connection in between these three systems and all that fun stuff, right? So um, um, I don't know. So I think the other thing and, and definitely um, uh, what Anita jump in for a second on this is we talked about um, that when you bring a non-commissioned person from the implementation and the CS team in that they're just so valued as a person that's just there to answer questions um, you can start asking the more success-like questions and even come up with a joint success plan earlier on. And they're going to be like, those people asked really good questions. They're focused in on our success. And we talked about a survey that um, my when I was at Virgin that we ran where uh, they felt that uh, by bringing in these resources at that time, uh, the customers felt like they didn't even want to deal with the salespeople afterwards and it was dealing with the implementation or maybe they had a great sales engineer, but it was these people that could answer the great questions for them about what really mattered and how to use the products. That's, that's what sold them on the deal. And we all know that CS and implementation and that's, they, that's who knows how to use the product. So. Anita, did you have anything else to add on that? I know you had some good points, but. Uh, 
I didn't mean to call you by. Yep. Nope. Yeah. All right. Okay. Any other? I'm going to check the chat here because I know we all appreciate getting the next couple of minutes from from meeting to meeting. Any other quick questions or quick points about implementation? No. Awesome. We had group four. But there's a group four. Oh my God, I'm the worst. Okay, go group four. Right. <laughs> so um, our group was Munir, Stacy, who had to drop off, Josh, and myself, and King. And um, the points that we covered kind of three, so all of us have had the experience of being the CSM and the implementation manager, as well as CSM only without the implementation. So we've kind of worn both hats. And a couple of points that we talked about was the fact that when you are wearing both hats, particularly when your platform is heavy tech, it really is two different skill sets. Oh yeah. So this is constant balance of okay, I'm gonna you know customize the platform more. We're gonna run the implementation file. We're gonna set up single sign-on, or you know, or we want to be strategic. And a lot of times, there's just not an hours enough hours in the day to do both. So you're always fighting for that that battle. And that that's challenging. Josh had mentioned a couple of engineer ideas. Do you do you have maybe a TAM that you can leverage for the entire team, a technical? account manager, that might be one way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But the other, the, but so that, that's always a challenge, right? Yeah. And obviously we have to identify the scope of work and what we're gonna spend our time on. But the other two points that we talked about that, that was very relevant is this idea of, you know, high tech is not only for small to medium um, size segments, right? And I liked what Josh said, it's like, you know, oh, you can't, you can't use high, high tech and high, and high touch client. Or can you, you know, where can you get these, these efficiencies of scale? And we talked about some of the self-serve ideas, having a playbook externally, which essentially might be just links to your knowledge base. That was Josh's idea, right? Links to your knowledge base so that you can give them maybe a one-page uh, helping agenda, which would be, you know, when you're not there or they have to do what they were asked to do, they can go back and get the videos, the links, the articles, right away, they don't have to search for, they don't have to ask you or support the implementation person they met once if they can't find their email to make it super easy for them. So I thought that that was good. Um, and, and thinking about our, what are those tasks that you can have to be more self-serving, even in the high touch clients. Well, that's, yeah, that, thanks for jumping in. That was fantastic stuff. That's great. Um, and, and the, la the last point was, uh, I think Josh uses ready, fire, aim, deployment. <laughs> so if you have, you know, your whole implementation team is supposed to show up and they don't show up, don't, you know, make the whole thing stop because you can't get single sign on, you know, do your quick wins, build the momentum, build the confidence so we can keep the agenda moving. That's and that goes back to that value question. And I can't remember it might, might have been Claudette that said it like showing value along the way. If you did a joint success plan in the beginning, right? And let's say SSO was nowhere near that, right? And it was like the sixth thing on a list of five. And you went through and you did those five. And then you're able to go back and you know show month to month, and you might have even had a QBR by now of like, look at all the things that we've done for you. 
we agreed to this as the joint success plan up at the beginning and we've done all this. Yeah, we'll get to SSO, but you can't say you're not going to start paying for the service or, or, or because you don't have like, you know, SSO is maybe a little bit more important, but like some other random requirement or something that might've been part of the initial collection, but wasn't imperative to the success of it. So right. you can still move into your new home, even though you don't have the right tile in the bathroom. I wish I was as succinct as that. That is exactly what I was trying to say. That's amazing. Um, well, listen, I could talk about this stuff for hours. I can come back and do another session on this if you guys want to eventually. Um, but thanks uh, so much for, for jumping in. Always try and give a couple minutes back here. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys at the next. I don't know, Gal, am I supposed to say something else? Thanks for Gal. I was waving. So okay. <laughs> so you can just hit leave or you can do a, a goodbye wave. And, Bye. You know, really appreciate it, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. <laughs>